Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. I'm your host, Devin Hunter, and of course, joining us from Salem, Massachusetts, is our uh, lovely co-host, Rowan Pendragon. Rowan, how are you doing, my dear? Oh, I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. It's um, it's nice to be back in the studio after three weeks of mm. being off. Yeah, been a long, weird three weeks. It has been. A lot of stuff here. has happened. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it's it, two. I have to say, it is kind of one thing. Um, you know, most podcasters kind of get to, um, they just oh, we'll do a show when we when we have time. Oh well, you know, we'll put an episode out a month, you know, which is what I used to do before I had you, and um, you know, but we don't do that. We're we're every week, and mm-hmm. so we we had to take a break. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the things that happened while we were actually on our break. There's yeah. always stuff going on when <laughs> we're not on top of things. That's when stuff happens. Right. You know? Right. So okay, so let's let's recap our three weeks for everyone and try to keep it to a, a minimal discussion. Um, because we've missed everyone and um we've we've been so busy doing all these interesting other things. Um now we've got we've been able to get some work done and we've been um honored and there's been some cool stuff that's happened. So um I think the the first thing to talk about would be the A V. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> our our different views on it, and I think that that's totally the I think that's an important part of it too, though. And you you totally got a, a, a kind of the the shit end of the stick on it. I have to I, I do have to do. say you know how oh, it goes. Oh, yeah, it is what it is. Curse. It's the curse. But the um, curse. for everyone who doesn't know, the AV Club is uh, basically this online awesome just. How do you explain the AV Club? It's it's um, kind of like a review, and they they tend to do a lot of stuff about pop culture and um, things that are happening in pop culture, specifically on the web and specifically um, in various forms of media like podcasting and um, e zines and, and kind of things like that. But it's a very prestigious club essentially have awards it's it's a big deal like the nerdist if you guys if you know who the nerdist is um he's he's been on honored by them several times um but it it was it's a pretty cool place it's a pretty cool uh, kind of organization and we were um picked as one of the top podcasts by them um and that was a really great honor and that that was a big deal actually because we're the first pagan anything um that they've even nodded at or even looked at um let alone us in our kind of specific witch niche um within paganism and so i was really excited about it um although i do have to tell you i'm so disconnected from the muggle world that it t- i when when i heard um we actually heard about it from a friend of my partners that's how I heard about it anyway. Um, and they had contacted my partner and said, oh, you know, tell Devin and Rowan. I said, congratulations. And Storm says, what are you talking about? And then, you know, so. Um, and so I got this. I woke up to hearing about it, basically. And um, I was really stoked about it. But I, I, I was like, OK, well, who are these people again? And I, I've heard of them and I remember this. And I know that at one point I had followed the AV club. Um, but it, it's just it's been a while. And I've, like I said, I've been kind of disconnected. So it took me a second for it all to kind of sink in um, because it was it is a big deal in the podcasting world. And especially if it would have been handled in a, kind of a different way, it really, really <laughs> would have been a, a, a bigger deal. But um they refer to us as Wiccans, but that a lot of the secular kind of world thinks yeah, we're Wiccans I, because, you know, that's that, kind of the social buzz about yeah. pagans. You know, that's yeah. that's that's kind of excusable. I actually had one person or a couple people really who had pointed out some things with the with the little article um, 
you know, that one thing. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, most people don't know the difference mm -hmm. and you know, it is what it is, you know, but at least, at least, I don't know. We weren't called Satanists. So I right. Guess... And that's what I said. I said, I would rather be called, you know, a Wiccan who gives good advice than a Satanist who's infecting the youth of the nation. Uh, at least <laughs> exactly. as far as secular, you know, the secular society is right. concerned. But because I, think I the... have no problem with Satanists. So let, just putting it out there. Right. I, right. I, no, no, we've got no problem with Satanists. That's that's not <laughs> it. We just nobody wants to be accused of, you know, screwing the minds of children up that's right. just bad <laughs> um but so and let, let me just get this we're very honored we're very very happy and so if, if the av is listening you know thank you thank you thank you that was such a huge nod um but rowan uh, was referred to as a male yeah and, last time i checked thing. i am very and you're much you're a woman female. and it was also <laughs> that you weren't there on the show and you were i was um, very much there <laughs> so it, it ended up being kind of one of those things that oh had it, it maybe the facts been more kind of there it really would have been and it was and it was interesting because then there were like themes it said like you know and some of the themes of the show are and it was things like amanda palmer like well that was amanda music. palmer that was, was a song was, on the show yeah but it's not a theme of the show well it, but it was interesting because the way that it was all put together it's like amanda palmer voodoo morrissey and yeah. it was like little bits it was that was actually i know what happened whoever wrote the little piece the way that when when Devin puts it up on Podbean, the way that it ends up looking is it says show yeah. theme and then the the Hungry Lucy song and then it'll list like in that yeah. episode because I did the music for that episode. There was an Amanda Palmer song. There mm -hmm. was uh, Voodoo by Godsmack was on there. There was a Morrissey song. Yeah. So there were so it was basically song titles and artists but not together <laughs> and and things were like it said like you know amanda palmer but not the song title and then voodoo but not godsmack and then morrissey and then you know and then magical energy and just so it was a weird <laughs> mishmash yeah. of things that were not they're not themes of the show I, I so i don't know i just think that whoever wrote it didn't know what was going on <laughs> Right. No, right. Clearly, right. they must have listened. So right, and and that was, yeah, that, that was totally it was a clear. Weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, but it, it was. I thought it was awesome. I, it really, and part of it is because I, the, I was doing the show for about a year and a half before you you were here, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad you're here, and you know that I love you, and you know the our listeners adore you um so no one's no one's upset that rowan's rowan's around um but it, it's just that like oh okay there was all this work that went in and there was all this stuff and i'm you're here now you're making life so much easier um and you make the show more <laughs> most interesting of the time. most of the time um but it, it was just one of those things you know being that the kind of the guy the guy who you know started this whole thing it was just like oh fine yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but it, it did. It was. Eh, it, it was. It ended up being kind of one of those things that, even though it made me incredibly happy, and it made me incredibly um, just proud of of the show and 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 our listeners and the people who kept us around and the, the guests that we've had throughout the years. It it was also one of those. I was like, oh, I wish Rowan wouldn't have gotten all you know her information all discombobulated. So what what the actual um, review said. Um, is Modern Witch is a snappy title, but this podcast could really be called Life Advice and Music from Wiccans. Wiccans Devin Hunter and Rowan Pendragon use their philosophy to dole out life advice and recommend music, the latter spanning nearly all genres, but always including some kind of witch theme. 
The advice, though practical and fairly mundane, like how to avoid distractions, is filtered through the language of ecstatic witchcraft and includes a lot of discussion of energy and magic circles. And let's just, those things were in quotes. Let's yes, just... yeah, yeah, those are in quotes, absolutely. Um, season 3, episode 13 goes even heavier on the music because Pendragon is absent, but they draw from this, quote, new moon playlist, end quote. Um, and then in brackets, other themes in this week's show, Morsi, Banishment, Spell. That's weird. Yeah, that, that was Amanda Palmer song. Voodoo, um, according to according to the website, end bracket. Um, it works pretty well as advice on topics like how to live in the present could apply to pagans and non-pagans alike. AJ. Um, so it was it wasn't. It's not a bad review. I mean, it really isn't. It just the the, no. the stuff wasn't there, and so right. um, I want to use it though. And and Rowan's like, well, and apparently you had had people like message you and, I had and people say, come why to is me. Devin? Yeah, I had a couple people who were like, so I see this, you know, Devin's been posting this thing all around. Did he actually read it? <laughs> he said, I said, I'm I'm assuming he did, you know, but I'm sure he, you know, he's so excited right now because whenever, you know, for me, it is exciting when the show gets any kind of recognition from anyone else because, of course, I'm a part of the show, but I know it means more to you because you've put more blood, sweat, and tears into the show than I have because you've been doing it from day one, you know, so it's a little different for, for you. And that's what I I had said, you know, well, it's a little bit different. You know, for me, it's like, I understand the, uh, the scope of AV club, but I don't follow AV club. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big podcast. Like, you know, I don't get into like the podcast awards and things like that. Like I, I, there's a couple podcasts. Totally. Yeah. I know. And I never have, I mean, and, but I've been into the whole podcast listening thing since, podcast started you know it's not like i'm not into my podcast but you know my of course the podcast i listen to with a couple of of exceptions of like smodcast and you know a couple things like that i don't listen to anything that isn't specifically either has to do with witchcraft hoodoo or you know our kind of area of stuff so i don't and i'm the opposite of that yeah, well, like I listen to Mark Marin every now and then, and I, you know, but I always listen to Smodcast because Kevin mm-hmm. Smith's my hero. So Kevin Smith is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, other than yeah. that, it's all pagan stuff for me. So I don't really pay much attention to the bigger podcast community because I just don't listen to that stuff. Yeah. Right. I, it, and I should say, I would if I still had a regular day job, because that was what I did on my drives to work was listen to podcasts. I used to just download random stuff onto my iPod and listen to it in the car and then listen to it at work. Since I don't do that anymore, I don't, you know, it's, I actually have to set time aside to listen Mm -hmm. to the shows I do listen to because otherwise, you know, I won't ever listen to them, but yeah. Yeah. You know, well, see, and I'm the, I'm the opposite. I, I love, I am an NPR addict and they have a lot of interesting podcasts that are actually, you know, from NPR or produced in kind of coalition with P- NPR. So, um, which is another reason why I'm just like, oh, Margaret Appler every time, you know, because she <laughs> works with NPR. And it's, um, I've always had kind of assumed, um, you know, when I was younger that, you know, when I grew up and I was going to be a, a DJ on the radio and I, I really wanted to be on radio. And my brother-in-law, oh, here it comes. My brother-in-law um, had told me that my voice was not um, really appropriate for the air. And, and basically because I sounded like a big queer. 
<laughs> and I, it really, really upset me. Oh, oh, how upset. And I didn't cry or anything, but I remember just kind of going, that's right. I'm a fag and no one's ever going to want to listen. Cause I, you know, I grew up in Ohio. Come on, right. you know, so no one's ever going to want to listen to me and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it was really just kind of saying, screw all of you people. I'm going to have a podcast, you know, so that if you want to listen to me, you have the option. You're not forced to listen to me on your way home, you know, on your way home from work or whatever. But um, and and then I just kind of was like, well, my voice doesn't suck. And I don't I mean, I have my moments where, you know, the purse falls right the hell out. But at the same <laughs> point in time, I I can also, you know, flame down and, and, and it's yeah. just is what it is. But and I, and I tend to be I, I like my serious podcasting, too. So that's, um, you know, the, the show was always kind of go, even going into it. And you know what? Just think if you had gone ahead and done that and you had gone and like went to school for radio and gotten all, you know, professional you know right now you could be a star on out q on sirius you know shut up uh, <laughs> you're breaking my heart here i know i'm sorry um, but it was it was just a lifelong dream and so then i was like no i'm gonna follow music and so i, I did music for a long time and um actually i'm writing about um actually getting into that kind of place musically where you just kind of trance out and using that as a tool um, that you can use uh, to, to live ecstatically. And so there's mm -hmm. all kinds of interesting stuff that'll be coming out for everyone um, in, the, in the following months and same from you. But anywho, but it, it was just, a, it was interesting when, you know, here I am and I'm like, oh, I, I'm being recognized. And, you know, here I was told when I was younger that I, I couldn't do this and um, I did. Yeah. You know, and I have an awesome co-host who just rocks and I'm so blessed. I really am blessed to have you. And everyone knows I just, I gush over you because you, <laughs> you balance this show very, very nicely. And I like that we can do a discussion because before it was just me, you know, lecturing and giving talks about how I think, um, evangelicals and Nazis and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> it's nice that you're here. But so when we got, when we got that recognition, that was it. And one of our goals, you know, between you and I with the show, was that not only that we make witchcraft accessible to everyone, um, but we also kind of approach that we're real people who pay our taxes and, you know, we, we live in regular society. We just happen to be witches. We happen to be professional witches who can balance these two worlds together. And so when the AV club um, had had kind of picked you know us as as one of the top podcasts. I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is pretty amazing. Here we are, you know, we've been putting this out there that you know we're we're just like everyone else. We just happen to be magical. We happen to approach our lifestyle differently, but we're still involved in the rest of the world. Um, and to have you know them them kind of give us a nod, it was just like, oh, okay, the the universe is is vibrating with that. The universe you know recognizes this this work that Ron and I had been doing. Um, so it was a, it was a really big deal for me on on a couple of fronts, and um, I but I but I also I, I recognized that there were there was error there, and and so that makes me sad because I'm like oh how how beautiful of a gem this <laughs> this is, um, but also there's it's it's there's some tarnishing you know there, and and it, it makes me sad because um, you know you do a lot for Modern Witch, you do a lot with Modern Witch, and a lot of the times it's you know I I'm the one that kind of gets the attention for it, and I'm like no no. No, 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 no. Like, actually, <laughs> Rowan was the one that da 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 da. Like our website. Like we wouldn't have a kick-ass website if it weren't for you, because you're you're the one that knows, you know, really how to put everything together. I just, I'm, you know, well, let's. At the end of the day, I'm still gay. 
I mean, you know, I love fabulous jewel Yeah, tones you're good at making it. You're good pretty. at making it pretty, and I'm yeah. good at building it. So exactly. you know, clearly, so I, I'm the one with the pants in this relationship. It's true because it's, it's being held up with the tool belt that put everything right. together. Well, I'm wearing a kilt. That's what we're saying. I, I wear I wear a kilt. Not quite a skirt. Not quite pants. Um, a little something in between, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you, you do a lot of that kind of stuff. And so when this happened, I was like, oh my goodness. And my heart sank and I, and I, but at the same point in time, I was very excited and I didn't want to hold yeah. it in. So I told No, everyone. it's still, it's still nice. And it's still good to know that the recognition is there and that, uh, there actually are humans that are listening to the yes, show and, yes. you know, that's nice. And yeah. in the AV club, it is a big <laughs> deal. And I do, I'm still reveling in it and, and, uh, the sun is still beaming, um, on me when it comes to that because it's yeah and i'm uh, we'll we'll find a way you know but it was it was cool and as far as the podcast awards go i'm so gonna see what i can do about getting us and how to how to approach that whole thing because they have had um, if anybody follows the podcast awards um, which maybe you do maybe you don't i do um, but they they do have a, a a kind of field for our our type of podcast they've actually have a couple that we would we would actually fit into because we've always approached it from a lifestyle place we haven't necessarily been a religious kind of right. you know thing right. so because of that we have some more kind of genres that we can kind of tap into but i know that it's i've been asked um by our listeners a couple of people um just actually within the last month about you know what's going on with that and if we can be part of that the wiggly and way which by the way, we have to talk about the Wiggly and Way here for a, a second soon. But um, the Wiggly and Way has been nominated a couple of times, and they—they, they, I don't think they've ever actually won. And so I'm worried for them that it's going to be like a Susan Sarandon thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because, but because they're a good show, and not only are they a good show, but folks, this something really amazing is happening in your pagan community right now. Um, at least it's a, it's a big it's a bigger deal for me because I am a pagan podcaster, um, and I am just a podcaster in general, and. As Rowan knows, and as we, we've talked about on the show, most podcasts don't get past five episodes. Right. You know, most most start up and they die out because it's not easy to get listeners. It's not easy to get the word out. And, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate. The, the gods totally are enmeshed with what we're, what we're doing with the show. I have no doubt with that. But The Wiggly and Way are at now 100 episodes, and they're actually yeah. about to release their 100th episode. And that's a big deal in podcasting. That's a huge, amazing deal in pagan podcasting. And uh, there, there are shows that have been out that, you know, have more than 100 shows out there. Um, and that's true. But I also am I'm a, I'm snob enough to say, and I'm not going to name names, but I'm snob enough to say The Wiggly and Way has a much better produced sounding show. And they have a – really, production values are much better. They really care mm -hmm. about what they're producing, and that's a big deal for me. Um, and so – and I take that in, into consideration because, you know, when, when people email us and say, oh, it, the sound was weird or, um, you know, Rowan was really loud and Devin was soft or, you know, vice versa or you – know, those things really I, – I, I really get in there and I, you know, I make sure that we can fix those issues because production is important. I don't care if you're our pagan or not, you know, it is important to be professional when you can be. So they have this really great show and they really have created this beautiful community um, based off of their show. 
And I just, I just want to say congratulations to the Wiggly and Way, Mojo and Sparrow. They're really amazing. Um, I got to meet them uh, two years ago at PantheaCon for the first time. And Mojo um, had shown up to the Modern Witch panel that we had done about um, kind of being a pagan in the media and how to handle the media and, and things like that. And um, it was just he, – he walked up to me. and I hadn't met him before. I hadn't even listened to his show. And he shook my hand. And he said, oh, I, I, you know, I host the Wiggly and Way with, with my, my, my kind of cohort. And um, we were at our 66th show is what he told me. I remember this. And I thought, 66 shows? Holy hell. Like that's, that's, that's really, that's a lot, you know, and, um, and we're, we're quickly approaching that road. Um, mm. but, um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this, that's, that's crazy, you know? So, and then I, so I went home and I downloaded the show and I really like it. And you guys, I've, you know, I've talked about it before. Um, but now here to, to, to be here two years later, um, you know, I got to actually hang out with, with Sparrow and, and Mojo a little bit at PantheaCon this year. Um, they came to the panel. We, you know, the recording we actually were able to get of the panel, um, was because of Sparrow. She, I was able to, to have her, um, record it. She's just awesome. She was, she was just amazing. So they've become good friends of, of the show. Um, you know, they've been very supportive. They gave us a raving review on Modern Witch Magazine. Um, they really liked the articles that were in there. They were pimping it out for us. Um, it was just, it was awesome. And so, you know, they've been good to us. And I just want to say thank you for being good to us. And <laughs> thank you for being good to the pagan community and being grounded leaders who are doing something positive. Because I'm so sick of hearing witches bitch. I'm so sick of the negative Nancys and the people who just can't get their heads out of their butts because they're so busy just, you know, stewing in their own blech because they can't do it on crossing, <laughs> you know. I mean, these people aren't like that. These people are the exact opposite of that. You know, they're, they're beautiful people with beautiful souls, and they've done so many things for the community. And I just want to say thank you to that and congratulations on 100 episodes. And, um, yeah, to 100 episodes more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yay. so that's my ranting because uh, <laughs> like I said I'm all too I am tuned into the the podcasting scene as much as I can be, and um, because I've always wanted to try to cross over at some point, you know I always assumed that would happen, but I got to tell you I I love Modern Witch though I I yeah. I yeah I love what we do here so yeah all right so that happened um, what else has been going on in the last three weeks you had you had some time off and you had a, mm-hmm. a break you had you had like a week alone didn't you. I had, I had, yeah, at least one week alone and uh, half, well, actually like about a week and a half because uh, my husband was out in San Diego for work for two weeks and I had my mom and my aunt visit for a few days. And other than that, I was home alone working away um, because actually right when we went on our break, um, I relaunched my website with a whole brand new site, which has been awesome mm-hmm. and um so i've been very busy with that and then i um actually put out some new stuff i have some new stuff for sale on my website as far as like product goes <laughs> i don't know what mm-hmm. else to call it um i have uh this neat new thing that i came up with called the quote oracle which is something that um i have kind of been doing for it's sort of like basically combines bibliomancy and cardomancy into one convenient little toy (laughs) and um basically what i did was i took uh 80 quotes 
that I really enjoy from from all different um, types of people. So you've got everything from Gandhi and Aristotle to like Oscar Wilde and Chuck Palahniuk and um, Yoda, Yoda, <laughs> Jim Morrison. You know, I mean, there's just it's a big, wide range. Deepak Chopra's in there. Just like I took these quotes that I find inspirational in various ways and they span topics too so there's like quotes that deal with pretty much everything like you know loss and hope and love and hate and just like everything so the idea was basically to put these all together with 80 of these quotes create these little three by five cards um and put it together and create an oracle out of it and Essentially what it is, it's, it's printable, it's downloadable. You're not buying physical cards. You're buying this whole thing, very nicely designed cards, but they're printable. And I arrange it in such a way that you don't even need to print this. You can buy it and use it on your computer or you can print it out and cut out the cards. And because they're three by five size, you can either, you could laminate them, you could glue them onto, uh, like use like Mod Podge and put them on like, you know, index cards and create actual cards out of them. And what you would do is basically decide, do you want one or three cards? The pages are set up so there's three cards on each page. So you could even do like a virtual flip and just say, whatever page I land on, I'm going to read them, boom, 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 you know, past, present, future, you know, however you want to read them. And on my on my blog, I did a sample because in the, the book itself that it, this all comes with, I do a couple sample readings and explain how to use it, different ways to use it. But I did a, a sample of for myself, like did a reading for myself on my blog to show how you would use it. And it's just, I think it's neat because I love using quotes for things. And I often find that quotes kind of come at the weirdest times. Like you, you just find one on Twitter around like, cause everybody posts quotes all over the place and they often kind of like the right one just pops up at the right time. And I thought, why not do that with it? Why mm -hmm. not create like a way of actually using them intentionally? Right. And so it's been kind of cool to see some of the, the ways people have, you know, found them to work for them since, you know, since getting it. So you can find that on my website, you know, go to rowanpendragon.com and you'll see my pretty new website. Very pretty. Yeah. All the neat new stuff I have going on. So yeah, that's been fun. So. And we were on Hex Education. We were on Hex Education well, that again. Little, that was last week. Yes. Yeah. And we, yeah. it was, it was much more of an actual, um, kind of shared discussion it was nice mm. um i like getting to be on hex education because it's yeah. very different than what we do and so oh, it's, totally. a lot, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun you know to just even if we go way off topic and we just you know kind of chat with christian and uh lily and whoever else happens to end up being on this time Lori was on because she wasn't there last time yeah and yeah uh, that was know, a big deal for me because yeah. i was how that was the third time. Yeah. Cause I yeah. was, yeah, it was the third time I've been on and it was the first time I've been on with Lori and I freaking adore that woman <laughs> and I adore her for so many different reasons. And most of which are that she's the type of witch that is a witch. I mean, you know, it seethes from everything she does and everything she says and, you know, it's there and she, she will take no qualms. She will invoke, you know, Archangel Michael 
you know, to come and to protect somebody and then walk out a door and trip and then curse the son of a bitch who, you know, <laughs> let there be a crack there. You know, she's she's my type of gal. So I I just I adore her. And, um, and it was really great to, to be on there. And especially because some of the things that we were talking about um, ended up being kind of, you know, in her in her vein. And, and mm. it was really cool for me to be able to say something and then hear her respond in resonance. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool because, like, you know, I think she's awesome. So that was really cool. And Christian was great. Um, mm-hmm. And although he's been eating a lot of fried chicken lately. And that's a lot of fried chicken. And he's been cleaning his own house and mixing chemicals. And it's just... Yeah. Well, poor Christian. <laughs> poor Christian. Yeah, it'll be good for him. He'll he should be flying back to Salem soon. Yeah, he should be back here soon. So, uh, so yeah, so it'll be good. Um, yeah. and then let's see what else. We started work on the magazine, and yeah. we've got some really really nice pieces, um, for this this particular copy that's going out. And we want everyone to know, you have been heard. You have been heard, pagans, and potential purchasers of Modern Witch <laughs> magazine. You have been heard. And we, we are very aware that, you know, 20, well, it was, to, it was originally $25 a copy um, mm-hmm. for the magazine um, was a lot of money. We knew. We knew. And we told y'all. We knew. Um, and, and we are also aware that, you know, who's going to spend $25 on a magazine? You know, well, I did. Um, you know, I like who doing concert quarterly and, you know, did all that. Uh, but you know, just like Denise Alvarado had said with who doing concert quarterly, you know, you don't make anything if because of the printing cost. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and that's incredibly true. And, and I, we, we, we've sold, um, a lot of really great e-copies and things like this. So that's been good. Um, but we're, we're also looking at the market and we're saying, oh, well, there's all this really awesome Kindle stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's ebooks, and there's a, so we are in the process of working some kinks out so that we can make sure that the magazine is more accessible to people. Um, and you know, even just looking at it from a design standpoint, I'm actually really excited about. And and I apologize to everyone because they just have to be part of my process here. Um, but being able to evolve the magazine to the next step where it, it's it's getting cleaner and it's you know, I'm really excited about the the design aspects of it this time around. So. It's going to be cool. Um, but we're hard away working on that. We have some really great pieces. We've got um, a super fascinating piece from David Salisbury. Um, and I haven't really gotten to get in there and get the meat and the bones of it yet because it's, it's, it's one of the longer pieces. But it's essentially about this transition between uh, leadership and, um, you know, kind of going from this uh, an older generation to a younger generation and some of the, the growing pains and the rites of passage that are happening in that process. Um, and he interviewed a lot of people for that. So that it's, it's a really good piece. And then, of course, we've got um, Rabbit's back. And mm-hmm. you guys are going to love her piece, but I'm not going to say anything just yet. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to love her piece. And, and um, of course, we're going to have um, Rowan, you, you've got your part two to, to a piece from you had last time. And I'm going to be writing about familiar spirits and all kinds. It's going to be cool. So it's going to be a, a nice a nice um, kind of uh, getting back into things this week with the show and then, you know, kind of taking the magazine to the next step this week. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very yeah, excited. Let's yeah. um, see what else, what else happened? What else happened? Um, I took, I took some marketing courses, very boring folks, very boring <laughs> folks, um, nothing magical about it. And at the very end, of course, it ended up becoming a, a huge infomercial and I was not very thrilled about that. It's like $3,000. No. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we've just been really 
kind of in our own bubbles. I think today actually was the first day that you and I have gotten to talk. Yeah, really. And God knows how long. I mean, so much of the, we had planned on recording the show earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. And we spent four hours gabbing <laughs> just back and forth. And then, and then I was like, oh, we have to, I have to, I have other things to do real quick. And she was like, I have other things to do. And then we came back to record the show. So yeah, so it was, it was good to catch up with you today, but we've just been in our own bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very busy bubbles, Very but so. yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, so this particular episode is going to be something that's actually kind of interesting. And it was, it was kind of weird for us to even to come up with the topic this, this week, uh, because it's not really in season, so to speak, everywhere. Yeah. I thought it was weird when you brought it up, yeah. to be honest. Um, but... and because, okay, this episode, we're going to be talking about, um, what happens when you feel like you are haunted or, um, your space is haunted or that you have some sort of energy attachment. We're going to talk about how to handle it. Um, and we're going to be covering this in a bunch of different ways. We're going to be talking about this from a psychic place. We're going to be talking about this from an actual investigative place. Rowan, you are a certified investigator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so there's, you're, you know, you're going to, we're going to be talking about this from a magical perspective. Um, so you're, you're really going to be able to get this from all angles, folks. And, and I do suspect, um, just because of time that this will probably be a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, very easily become a two-part episode. Um, because there's so much to talk here about. And the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, back where, back home where I come from, this this time of year, everyone is kind of um, kind of in a different headspace. You know, school's ending. There's graduations everywhere, um, but mostly you kind of have more time, you know, during mm-hmm. the summer to to mm-hmm. do things, right? So a lot of the what we would do would be like go into the abandoned houses um, that were in the woods where I grew up, and we would you know spend hours just tramping through these houses and picking up broken things, and you know it's all very dangerous and you shouldn't do it, but we were doing it anyway. <laughs> Um, and, and at the same point, you know, I also grew up in a, in a place that had a lot of folklore just attached to the area. Cause you, I was right between Cincinnati and, um, really what, what's kind of, well, how do I put that? Yeah. Closest, I'll just say closest Cincinnati for, for folks, but, um, the, the, the region was just steeped with, um, a lot of stories about the underground railroad, Mm-hmm. Um, and slavery and, um, uh, these escaped slaves that would hide in, in the houses. And I mean, I actually lived in a house, um, for a period of time when I was a kid that had hidden passages to, um, put slaves so that you could, you could hide them when, when the, you know, masters, so to speak, would come back, the, the people who were hunting them down because they had escaped. And then there were a lot of deaths that happened, of course, because not everyone was able to make it across the river. You know, and so there's, you know, there's a lot of dark, darker kind of folkloric stuff that that's kind of centered around southern Ohio and northern Kentucky and that kind of area. Um, You know, right around the Mason-Dixon line, there's a lot of dark, dark history because a lot of wars were fought, um, French and Indian War, you know, things like that. So growing up, it was we always just knew that, okay, when summer came along, you went ghost hunting. That's just what you did because you had, you had extra time. Um, you know, nights were, were warm so you could go out and get into things and really spend time. And I remember, I can't even tell you how much time I spent in graveyards, you know, and not, not even to sound creepy. I really like the, the energy of a graveyard, um, or whatever you, cemetery. Um, beca- <laughs> not because it's creepy, because it isn't creepy to me at all. Um, it's, it's actually a very peaceful place usually. Um, and so I would like to just go there and actually just, 
communicate with my own self, you know, and just meditate and things like that. It wasn't because I was, you know, I don't know, hanging out on gravestones or anything. And if you do that, hey, cool, just be nice, you know, to the gravestone. <laughs> but anyway, um, so this is this all kind of stirred this up into me. And then I had a client come in. And I won't go too much into it, but I had really expected her to be full of crap. I'm not going to lie. Um, because generally you have people who, you know, grew up with unsolved mysteries on TV or, um, you know, they, they, there's just these very non-realistic kind of approaches to spirits and spirit activity and things like that. So usually I have a defense up already just because when the general public is involved, it, you know, they tend to not understand what's going on. So I'm just kind of have a wall up and I'm listening to her. And as, as I'm listening to her story, talking about how she feels like there's a spirit attachment, mm-hmm. I get goosebumps. And I get the goosebumps that only happen when my spirit guide is saying, shut the hell up and listen. Mm-hmm. And I, and I even lifted up my arm and, and the hair on my arm, and I'm a hairy guy. So the hair on my arm <laughs> was almost, I mean, it would be seriously standing straight up. It was very awkward. And I'm looking and I'm like, all right, so let, let me tune into what she's saying and, and kind of, you know, tap into this, this energetic um, kind of expression because of course terminology is different. And so what I would say is, you know, is this would be something completely different to this woman because she just doesn't have the same terminology. So I'm just kind of listening. And she was absolutely saying and expressing this very scary situation for her that I think, you know, of course, if if somebody else would have listened to, I don't know that they would have given her the same um, degree of attention. And I already had a wall up. You know, Mm -hmm. people would have just looked at this woman and said, you're crazy. But I'm listening to her and she's talking about, you know, karmic things and, you know, her understanding of stuff. And absolutely, this woman had something attached to her. And and you got to understand, folks, I I do a lot of readings. I I do a lot of interacting with the public. And so I'm not always, I would say actually 99% of the time, I I am not going to say this, what I'm about to say, but this woman um, was, was truly attached. There was an entity truly attached to this woman that um, truly was working against her better, her better self and her higher power. And so it was, it was an interesting thing for me to be there a as a psychic and actually put, take that shield down and listen to her and kind of really get in there um, and feel what, feel this, this kind of energy out. Um, but as a witch, because of course, you know, we, we diagnose, we, we, you gotta be a witch all the time. You're there, you, you know, something's going on, you have to help this person. And so, it was a really interesting thing um, to have this experience. And then you and I had got to uh, talk for just a couple of minutes about what we were actually going to be discussing this week. And, um, and you were like, well, that's, that's really a, a fall thing. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was interesting the way that you had kind of said how, you know, Oh, well, it's a big thing because now it's getting to be warm out. And, and I'm thinking, you know, first, usually that's a fall subject, you know, that's something that usually comes up at, you know, sound and all that. But it's also something that, you know, around here in New England, it especially around where I am, it's a 24-7 kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. people will go out, you know, in 10 below and, you know, <laughs> do stuff if that's, you know, what it happens to be. You right. know, So it was interesting to me to bring it up. You know, in the context of it's the, when because you were like you called me up, and you're like, well, it's that time of year. I'm like, is it? <laughs> is <laughs> right. it October? And I didn't right. know. You know, so yeah, it was interesting when you when you brought it up that way, and then when I had thought about it a little more, it kind of had me thinking back to when I was like 
15, 16, and just kind of venturing into all of that, you know, mm-hmm. the paranormal type of stuff. And that's true. It would be, you know, around the early part of summer break that, you know, you're going out and spending more more time out late at night with your friends. And then next thing you know, you happen to be visiting, you know, the old haunted whatever in your area. And next thing you know, you're out there spending hours picking around, you know, ruins for... right nothing really but <laughs> right right yeah Ooh, there's gonna be a ghost here you know so that sort of thing yeah. so i i definitely I, I understand uh understand the uh the point of seasonal it's just odd to me because i just never really <laughs> thought of it that way right. but you know now to mention it <laughs> you know it's um this is going to be one of those shows that i never thought we'd ever actually have because we don't usually get into to the paranormal but um because there's plenty of paranormal podcasts out there i mean there's right. there's a like a shitload of there are plenty of other people there are plenty of other people that will cover the subject better than we will so no no i see but i don't believe that that i don't believe that for our listener base because of course we are witches and approaching and dealing with the paranormal as a witch is i think a very certain set of skills um and you know and then you know again being a medium working with spirits since i can remember i actually don't remember a life without spirits but um so it's weird. It's actually really weird. We're, we'll talk about this later on the show, but it's weird for me to have a discussion with somebody when they have their first experience with a spirit um, because the, you can tell their veil came down. You know, something happened to them and that veil came crashing down and then boom. And I and I think to myself and I know other people do, you know, because I'm not the only one out there. But, you know, you think, to, oh, OK, well, this this is all new to you. You must be new here, you know, <laughs> and uh, let me be the welcome wagon, you know. And, yeah. you know. But um, so we're going to we're going to have a, a very fascinating and it's going to be a two parter. I'm I'm predicting it. I'm predicting it. Um, but we're going to we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff here on the Modern Witch podcast, of course, on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, and once again, Pagan Radio is listener supported, folks. Um, put your money where your mouth is and or we, well, where your earbuds are. Um, and <laughs> let's let's keep Pagan Radio functioning, folks. So um, anyway, we'll be back.
Hi there, I'm Storm Fairy Wolf from the Mystic Dream, the online spiritual supply store catering to magic, witchcraft, and spirit. Check out our online store where you will find crystals, candles, ritual supplies, and herbs, or browse over our large selection of free spells and rituals. And while you're at it, why not book a psychic reading with some of the most talented mediums, clairvoyants, and tarot experts in the modern occult world? We also offer magical and conjure services like setting of lights, custom mojos, and a wide range of our very own conjure and magical products blended in-house handcrafted oils, bath salts, powders, waters, incense, dress candles, and more. Available only at The Mystic Dream. Visit us online at www.themysticdream.com or give us a call at 925-933-2342. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon.
on before. Please listen now, we are listening to all you who have gone before. Join us in peace. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to crossing the river of spirit and breath. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to crossing the river of spirit and breath. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to crossing the river of spirit and breath. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to crossing the river of spirit and breath. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to crossing the river of spirit and breath. Crossing the river of life and death. Listening to all you who have gone before. Join us in peace. Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast. Today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. You're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, so just before we went to our on to break, um, we were starting to discuss um, spirits and working with spirits and, and what it means to be you know haunted and and what does this all mean to a witch and uh, you know kind of how to approach it. So um, we uh, wow, it's it's just such a huge topic. Rowan. It is. It's huge. And it's something that, you know, as witches, we we tend to either completely mesh ourselves um, as individuals with the paranormal community or we completely separate ourselves right. with the paranormal right. community. Um, and it's usually one of the two. Um, and it's an interesting thing because, you know, there's there's so much wonderful stuff that's there in the paranormal, paranormal community as far as tools and, you know, working with technologies and things that I think can really be helpful as a witch if, if they were implemented correctly. Um, but specifically, I think the science, the, they, the paranormal community tries to be scientific about their approaches mm-hmm. with things. And so the idea of being able to, to actually back up what you're saying um, and really knowing the terminology is, is something that's really stressed in the paranormal community. And I think, um, and I know that you think, um, not so much in the witch community. Yeah, there's, there's a, a thing, the, the big difference is that in the paranormal community and in paranormal work, it's approached from more of a scientific, a skeptical scientific uh, perspective. Because in order to be a good paranormal investigator, you have to be able to approach things with a healthy dose of skepticism, but a healthy dose of belief, too. Because if you don't believe to some degree, then you wouldn't be doing this, you know. But the other the other side of it is that in the pagan community, there is often just this idea to believe first and then, you know, everything else comes second, you know, and and the idea of having terminology and having baseline for things just doesn't exist so much in the pagan community. It's just, you know, energy. Every, we know everything is made of energy. We know there are spirits there. We, you know, so we just believe when someone says they're haunted, we believe they're haunted. When, when someone tells us a place is haunted, we just believe it's haunted because, of course, there's energy everywhere. And why wouldn't there be spirits? But 
in reality, when it comes to actually dealing with, in reality, when it comes to actually dealing with the paranormal aspect, if you want to be serious about it and actually, you know, go beyond just belief, because believing things is one thing, but being able to prove it and being able to say, okay, I know that this is really happening are two totally different things. I can believe the moon is made of cheese. That does not make it so, you know? So there, and that's also why for me with witchcraft, I approach witchcraft from a scientific standpoint. That's why I work so much in magic with things like the hermetic principles and and things like that, because I believe in approaching it from not just say, I think, you know, unicorns are cool, so they must be real because they're pretty, you know, things like that. Like I just, there needs to be like some kind of basis behind what I'm doing. And that's the thing with working with spirits, even as a witch, approach it with, you know, the knowledge that we do have, you know, about how to find these things from a scientific standpoint. And so terminology is important in the paranormal community you need to have certain things kind of straightened out and so one thing that's really important that I just kind of want to throw out there as we get into this topic over the next couple shows because it's going I'm sure somebody's going to get which I encourage this completely for people to get excited and go out there and see what they can find in their own you know spaces there are a few things to keep in mind first of all as a researcher who works both in both worlds. Cause I'm in both the, you know, as a, I don't like to call myself a psychic, but as somebody who's a, who would be billed in that sense and often works in that role, um, in investigative work, you know, I do kind of come to it in both sides. There's the spiritual psychic side, and then there is the scientific side. So on the scientific side, in order for something to be proven, there needs to be more than one piece of evidence. So taking a photograph of, something and seeing what looks of a dust particle exactly we'll talk about orbs in another episode but um you know and what you believe to be a spirit orb and going look it's haunted that's not evidence you need to be able to have something else to back it up such as um either video or audio that was recorded at the exact same time because with photos if you use a digital camera because then there's also the whole debate about should you use digital should you use film If you use a digital camera for taking pictures while you're doing investigative work of any kind, whether serious or just for fun, it's really important to have your timestamp set to be on because you want to know the moment that that photo was taken so that you can go back and look at video or audio and see, do they corroborate each other? Because you have to have corroborating evidence, otherwise it's like it didn't happen. So that's really important. So if you're going to go out and do this stuff, that's great. But, you know, approach it from a little bit of a serious standpoint if you're going to do it. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> just, Absolutely. That's just Absolutely. me. No, and, and, and one of the things, too, which is, is that it's much more important for us to be able as a as just a, an actual magical community to give some evidence to the things that we support in our own spiritual beliefs now why is that important because our god is nature and we can prove that right mm-hmm. and one of the biggest claims of course when 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 we're being attacked for our beliefs is that it's not founded in, in anything real well neither is believing in some giant sky god Right, mm-hmm. we, whatever, uh, and so that's that's so we as a as a modern witchcraft community really need to be able to approach these things and say, okay, what's the science behind this? What does our science tell us? Um, you know about the experiences that we do have, and I and I'm not saying that it's going to happen all the time. We we know that you know spirit is spirit, and and it doesn't always translate on film. 
Totally. Right. However, you really need to be able to approach any type of situation um, where you are doing an investigation or if you really are trying to help someone. This is this is really important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if, if you have a friend who knows you're a witch and, hey, they have a haunted house or they feel like somebody might be attacked or something, you know, when you go there, when you go to help that person. You have to make sure you're not, you know, inciting a riot. You can't, um, you know, institute a lot of fear and panic in somebody because you're not using the appropriate terms because you're not approaching it from a place that is scientifically verifiable. Um, And then even more so from a spiritual perspective. Right. um, You know, then you want to be able to layer both of those things when you're helping this person or if you're trying to diagnose um, what's happening inside of their situation. So when we talk about clarifying terms. Um, we're going to, we're going to hit these from a couple different angles, each, each, each bullet point, um, (laughs) so that we're really clear on this folks, because when we, when we actually later on in this discussion and in the next episodes, uh, when we refer to something, we're going to use the appropriate terminology. Okay. So listen up and we're going to, we're going to discuss the, the, the finer points (laughs) of working with spirits and ghosts and hauntings and spirit attachments and all of that good stuff. And we do have some questions and we are going to answer those before we, we end this show. Um, and we encourage you to jump onto modernwitchonline.com. Um, which of course is our fabulous website, and um, under the, the the forum we will have um, this week's show topic and next week's show topic listed up. And so, if you have questions, please send us your questions. We would love to to address those because we do care about you and we do care about your practice. So, if you have questions, please let us know. We would love to address those. And I want to throw out um, two quick things, um, just because we kind of you kind of mentioned them um, uh, in talking about helping someone else. Um, Point number one that I want to make is that if you do go to help somebody else, um, make sure that you take their, and this is something that we can always talk about more too, but make sure that you take their beliefs into consideration in whatever it is that you do, because they may not be a witch, they may not be pagan, they may be Christian, and you want to take into account the belief system of the person who you're helping, because if you, for example, go in and that person is like a born-again Christian, and they may not even really know that you're a witch or pagan or whatever, if you go in and start smudging the place and ringing bells and bringing swords and casting pentacles, you're going to freak them out more. And it's going to only make their situation worse. So you need to be either if you're not someone who's comfortable with, you know, reciting uh, Psalms from the Bible and, you know, putting crosses with holy water around the place, then you need to get somebody who uh, who either is a priest or who is Christian, Catholic, whatever, to come in and do the, you know, if there's going to be cleansing and clearing work done, which we'll talk about in another episode. Um, if there's if that's going to be done, you need to get someone of their belief system to come in and do it if you're not comfortable doing it or, or you know, vice versa, because that's only going to make things worse. So that's point one. Point two, if you are doing the investigative aspect and you're going around looking for evidence and you're doing recording, anytime you or someone else comes in the room and that recorder is going, you must announce like, you know, this is Rowan. I just walked in the room because you're going to hear footsteps. And someone's going to go, oh, my God, I hear footsteps. No, that was because it was somebody walking in the room. If you're walking, if, like, I'm sitting on one side of the room and Devin's on the other side of the room and I get up to go over to him, I would say, this is just Devin, or this is just Rowan getting up to go over to Devin on the other side of the room. So when you hear my footsteps going across the room in the in the audio, you're not like, oh, my God, there was something moving across the room. If you sneeze, if you knock something over, anytime anybody makes a sound, even the most slightest one, you need to call out and say, 
oh, I'm sorry, that was me, or whatever. Otherwise, you will have people, I'm not even kidding you, I have watched this happen for 20 minutes, re-listening to the same two seconds of audio, only to realize somebody dropped a pen. You know, so you need to make sure any noise you make, you call it out on the audio so that you don't end up wasting time later because evidence review is a bitch. So (laughs) so there is that. So, okay. So now we'll talk about terminology. Terminology. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So when we often hear, um, let's just start with the first one. I'm haunted. (laughs) So let's talk about the word haunted because, um, of course, this is... This is one of those interesting things. Um, so when we say haunted, um, when we say a place is haunted or a person is haunted, uh, what, do we th- what, what really are we talking about when we say haunting? Well, first of all, the word is, so, is really misused. That's the biggest problem. Think about the, how the word haunt is used outside of this context. You know, you hear phrases like, oh, he used to haunt that bar. It was his favorite place to hang out or, you know, things like that. The word haunt basically just means to visit frequently. It doesn't necessarily mean that a ghost is there. It means that something is visiting some a place frequently. So when we talk about I'm haunted, my home is haunted, basically what what it means is, you know, there are spirits there and they come there a lot. In reality, as most of us know who are, you know, witches and spiritual people, there are ener- everything is energy. Everything is made of energy. All the things that we perceive as solid are actually not, and it's just energy. There are spirits and other energies around us all the time. In truth, everywhere is haunted. Where you are sitting right now, in truth, is haunted. There are spirits there. The difference is whether or not the human inhabitants of that space are aware of the spirits in that space. Most often, we aren't. We have no well, and when we there. say you know, when we say the veil or, you know, the veil is thin, mm-hmm. or that, we create the veil. And that's, right. that's really just our awareness of the spirits within the space. Right. And so when the veil goes up, folks, that's you. That isn't the equinoxes or any of the magnetic poles. That's totally you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's times of the year where because of the environment, the, the actual energetic environment at the time, that it's going to be thinner. It's going to be easier to slip into that. But the reason why the spring and the, and the fall have always been synonymous with death is because we're watching a life cycle. So we're watching life spring forth. And so, of course, there's going to be energy from the other world as things are crossing over. Right. Well, there's Um, also, you know, vice versa. But there's also the fact in in that case, like when we talk about Beltane and Samhain, they're in between times. And in between times at any point, I mean, we can even talk about, you know, at at, um, dawn, daybreak and at twilight. Those are also in between times when every day, in a sense, quote, the veil gets thinner. So it's any time that's an in-between time is a time that you're going to have an easier um, ability to communicate with the spirits. places. Yes, yes. yes. Those liminal spaces, places. that's when yeah, you're going to... Limiscule, gonna... I said liminal. <laughs> liminal. That's yes, when you're going to have an easier time communicating it, and that can happen on a daily basis. It doesn't have to happen twice a year. But again, you know, like you said, the veil is something that's our creation. It's our perception. And that's why, you know, you have certain people who work as mediums who are constantly feeling inundated by spirits because they don't, in my opinion, don't properly create their veil. (laughs) And so they're constantly dealing with hearing, you know, voices and seeing things. You know, the veil is our creation and the idea of what's haunting us and what is around us and where 
things are haunted is a matter in great deal of our perception, how much we're allowing that energy to interact with us. Something, you know, and so for people who are completely tuned out to the entire idea of anything spiritual, they will probably never experience anything even, you know, that anyone else would consider a haunting ever because they're just not, you know, it's not a veil, it's a brick wall, you know, and that's fine. But if you're someone who's much more sensitive and much more, you know, if you're an empath or you're just very open to that sort of stuff, you have to be aware that a lot of it is, you know, it's like a moth to a flame. You, you're going to attract it. You need to, you know, also be aware of your own, you know, part in all of that. So Right, right. So when we say ghost, um, you know, oh, I saw a ghost or, you know, there, when we hear ghost stories, you know, when we think of ghosts, I, I think the, the common thing is that there's, you know, this, this disincarnated spirit, so to speak, mm-hmm. that's just kind of floating around in the etheric world. And then every once in a while will come out to screw with people and then it goes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not exactly what a ghost is. Yeah. In technical terms and, and as far as a, an actual a definition of a ghost goes, ghosts are actually, it's the ethereal body of a deceased human, um, which is going to be different than inhuman entities, which can also be interacted with um, in certain situations. So when we're talking about a ghost, it's that, it's just that imprint, basically, of, of someone who's been living at some point. So it's kind of like when you talk about, um, like when people, perfect example of this, and it, it gets used a lot in um, explaining paranormal stuff. Gettysburg is a fantastic example of where you're going to encounter ghosts and residual hauntings. And we're going to talk about residual hauntings in a minute, but you will, you will find ghosts at Gettysburg. At, so where you're going to always see like that impression or feel that impression of the soldiers that fought at Gettysburg. Um, because it's just, it's sort of more like an imprint than an actual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when you, when you ghost an image mm-hmm. and for you artsy people, yeah. um, you're, you're, that's exactly what it is. Right. It's, it's, it's this kind of residual imprint of the actual image, mm-hmm. but it isn't the image. Right. Um, so we're not, we're not talking when we, when we say ghost, we're not actually saying that it's this, it's the consciousness mm-hmm. of someone who was there. Right. We're saying that it's, it's this, uh, in a lot of ways you think of the, the, the etheric body, um, or the ethereal body. What we're really kind of talking about is the, the radiation from the soul, you know, right. and that's what's there. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then when we talk about spirit, so ghost and spirit, not the same thing. Not the same thing. A spirit, keep in mind the the word spirit comes from the Latin spiritus, which means to breathe. So a spirit is going to be an entity that um, has the ability to communicate and has the ability to interact, quote unquote, speak with us. Um, and that's going to be when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about like, you know, oh, I heard a voice or I felt a touch. That's going to be a spirit as opposed to a ghost because a ghost does not have the ability to interact with you, does not have the intelligence to interact with you. They're just kind of there. Whereas a spirit, if it chooses to, and if it has the energy to do it, can interact with you because they're not an imprint they're an they're now we're gonna just have to go right into it they're they're part of an intelligent haunting mm-hmm. so so yeah all right so the a spirit 
is going to be intelligent. Right. That's, that's a key. That's a key kind point. of word. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so let's talk about residual and intelligent hauntings. So since we've got our ghosts and our spirits now. Yeah. So a residual haunting. This is again. We'll use we'll use Gettysburg as a as a as a perfect example. So residual haunting is going to be whenever there's been a really big event that has a lot of emotion, a lot of energy attached to it has happened in a place. And it essentially, like we said with a ghost, it sort of imprints itself. It becomes part of the energy of the place where the event happened. So Gettysburg is a great example because many, many lives were lost there. There was a huge, you know, battle fought there. And that had a lot of energy and a lot of emotion and a lot of, you know, stuff happening with it on an energetic level that it became attached to the, you know, the the battlefields and the locations where those, um, you know, the soldiers and those things were done. So if you go to a place that has residual hauntings, you may have an, have something happen, um, my example that I often use, it's the, it's a train and a baby. So someone might say to you every night at 10 o'clock, I hear a train go by and a baby cry and there are no trains anywhere near me. No one has babies, but every night at 10 o'clock, I hear the same thing happen. I hear a train and a baby. What may very well happen in the location where this person lives or outside their house or somewhere near them. A train may have come by and something like, you know, a car with a baby and it may have gotten struck by a train or it or it could be two incidences that just happen to coincide. Something happened to a baby at the same time as a train was going by. And so these things kind of collided together energetically and it just becomes imprinted. It's it becomes something that it's sort of like you know, something being played on loop, like a VCR or a DVD being put on loop. And it's just going to play out and it's going to pick up the same time every time when the loop comes back around. It can't be interacting with like, so, you know, you, there's no way you could tell that baby to shut up and it's going to stop crying. You know, you can't interact with it. There's really nothing that you can do to make it go away either. It can't be cleared out. It has to be something that the people who are encountering it need to learn to live with. And when you talk to people like at Gettysburg, you talk to people who work in like the, where now there's, you know, museums and stuff at Gettysburg, people expect and they enjoy that those things happen. It's almost com- becomes comforting in a way to know that, you know, this just, it is what it is. And these things really happened here. And, you know, it's just, it's something you have to learn how to live with because you can't do any, you can't change the energy of the space. So. When we think of a residual haunting, um, we're we're really talking about there being this kind of energetic imprint, mm-hmm. you know, that that radiation yeah. from that event and that the, happened. That's that's within that space, mm-hmm. um, and it's just perpetually stuck on loop. So yeah. every time the our twenty four hour cycle, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, every time we revolve around that sun, it's going to trigger about that, that time of day. Right. It's going to trigger that radiation right. to kind of make itself known again. And the thing about this too is that you can't there unlike with other types of of haunting. Uh, experiences where you can work with an intelligent spirit which we'll talk about in a minute and you know move them on or whatever you want to call it um with a residual you can't do that but the thing is is that over time depending on how strong the energy was when the event happened over time it will start to lose its energy and it'll sort of pare down a bit and it might not be as intense but when you're talking about things like for example 
uh, the, the World Trade Center or Gettysburg, things like that were really huge things happen that were just like earth shattering at their time. The energy is it's going to take years and years and years for that energy to die down. Yeah, and certainly yeah. we have not seen that it's... happen in places like Gettysburg. So, you know. Right. Well, in Gettysburg is the I mean, in a lot of ways. You know, it's the Fukushima power plant. Right, right. You know, um, you know, or, you know, I mean, come on, we've got even something, you know, even Chernobyl, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it really is Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I use the radiation term for people um, a lot because we we work in that way already. You know, we, we are already, you know, putting these that that radiation out. You know, that's how our, our aura works, you know, so to speak. It's that 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 radiation from the body. And when you look at the the concept of ghosting or you know, that they're actually being that 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 ghost that that um, residual haunting um i really do what exactly comes to mind is you know marie curie mm -hmm. um taking that that picture of the key you know mm -hmm. using radiation and it, it there's this it it's burned into the that that space i mean it really is it's burned into that space and so there is no amount of polish there is no amount of um you know, even you just have to kind of start over, you know, at that point, you got to rebuild the house. Mm -hmm. um, and in a space like Gettysburg, that's not going to happen. And we look at, um, you know, like 9-11, um, you know, and you think of ley lines and you think of the natural energy flow of the earth. And there are going to be spaces, you know, once you really, once you really get into ley lines, you really start to kind of work with them. You know, there's going to be energetic spaces that are dumping grounds for negative energy, and that very easily, you know, if we do have an Earth-shattering event like that, or if an asteroid were to land and smack right dab in the middle of the Earth, the the natural flow of energy is going to change mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. of the Earth, and so right. you're going to get certain places that, like Gettysburg. Okay, and you you talk to you know you get into the more new agey stuff, and you have a lot of people um, who go to Gettysburg and say, well, that's there's there's like a you know there's ley lines there, there's ley lines across. Well, yeah, now it's become this um, because of the amount of damage and just radiation, so to speak, that's left over. Mm -hmm. um, it's it has altered the space, and so that is one of those reasons why it's going to take so long for the energy to cycle through 9-11 you go to ground zero it's just everyone who goes to ground zero even though it's been you know a lot of it's been cleaned up and everyone says it's eerie mm -hmm. it's silent right. even if you didn't know that you were going to ground zero and you were blindfolded you'd go there and it's different mm -hmm. it's different from every other place around it and that's because energetically yeah. you know you're looking at chernobyl mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about intelligent hauntings. Well, and, and an intelligent haunting is where you're going to have those spirits as opposed to ghosts, and they're going to interact. So that's where you're going to run into um, people who feel like they're being touched, that they're being... Um, you know, that, that whole, uh, the, the whole theory and concept of the cold spot, um, where the cold energy just kind of like seems to pass through you almost, you know, and that's... Uh, a lot of people feel that that's a spirit actually just literally passing through you or going right, you know, around you. Um, so an intelligent haunting is with a spirit and they have that ability to communicate in some way. It could be, you know, in any number of ways, you know, audio, you know, an auditory communication. Um, so you might be able to pick them up on uh, like if you're doing audio recordings, sometimes you might be able to get catch something on video Um but they have some way of interacting with you. They make a point to interact with the person or people. 
Um, but they're, you know, they're not necessarily quiet, <laughs> so to speak. But yeah, an intelligent haunting is basically one where a spirit who has a, a, a intelligence basically is able to communicate in some sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, spitting clay with his ex or with his <laughs> fiance or wife or whatever it was. Um, all right. So, and that's different from poltergeist. And uh, that's something that I do want to be clarified. Yeah. Um, because I, I even used it incorrectly. Yeah. Um, but so when we think of poltergeist, um, we're not necessarily, we're not actually talking about a, a spirit being at all necessarily. Right. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, poltergeist is actually, um, it's a, another way of using a much longer and <laughs> much more complicated term, um, which is recurring spontaneous psychokinesis. And psychokinesis, which is kind of, it, it sort of gets tangled up with telekinesis, but psychokinesis is basically the psychic ability to move objects and make create change psychically in a physical environment. It's a little bit different than telekinesis. And in a recurring spontaneous psychokinesis, now understanding what psychokinesis means, recurring, we know what that means, and spontaneous, you have no control over it. In The, the term was coined in 1958 by a parapsychologist, um, William G. Roll, and when he coined the term, it was used to describe a human. And in this case, it, in the specific case, it was uh, an adolescent girl, a preteen girl, who was apparently going through her, um, going through uh, puberty. And that was causing a psychic disturbance within and around her. Now, it's not a spirit. When we're talking about a poltergeist, it's actually a human who is considered the, the you know, in technical terms you're an agent of the disturbance you're the one who's causing it you it's spot you know again remembering it's spontaneous you you don't do it intentionally you're you're not aware of it it's just happening and it happens around you now this is like one of those instances where people will say you know i i don't know what happened all of a sudden like we've been having all these you know weird uh the lights go on and off when i enter a room and Things fall off the walls. It's, you know, but wherever I go around the house, it just seems to follow me. You know, the house must be haunted. Something in the house is following me around. So the people pack up and move and it starts up where they moved again. So now they're starting to think, oh, that spirit followed me. They go somewhere else. Oh, it's here too. It's not necessarily in, in if we're talking about a poltergeist, it's not a spirit. It's you. In a sense, you are haunted although you know you're not really haunted it's it's you are causing this now this can happen not just with adolescent girls or or preteen boys it happens whenever someone is going through really really high stress and dealing with life changes as well so women going through menopause will experience it quite a bit boys and girls both but more often for some reason it seems to happen with women more than men um, when, when you hear cases of poltergeist, it's often women, but it does happen with men too. Um, but it'll be, um, something that's, you know, there's a lot of stress. There's, uh, some kind of big life change going on, but it's enough happening around you to cause enough psychic energy to create a disturbance around you. And your energy has changed so dramatically and it's gotten so big and different that it interacts differently with with your environment and no matter where you go it's that change is going to carry with you because it's you 
that's causing it. And, you know, all, all you can really do with that is, you know, you figure out that's what it is and you just acknowledge it and you learn how to control your own energy. Really. There's not much else yeah. you can do. It's, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot like spontaneous magic. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, where we know that if we're in a certain mood or if we're in a certain headspace, something's going to pop, mm-hmm. you know, something's going to happen. And it, it's, it's that, but, um, you know, this is, we're dealing with people who probably don't know. Right. Um, that they're causing it and they, and so, and that, that it stresses them out even more. There was, um, you know, I'm not a big fan and I, I, and I've talked about this a lot on my blog. I, I'm not a big fan of the various psychic TV shows or the investigative paranormal shows because there, a lot of them have been proven to be a bunch of bullshit anyway, but there was an episode, I believe it was a paranormal state where they dealt with um with this very topic in such a way that was presented so perfectly because they didn't go all oh my god you're haunted but you know they were very very clear on what it meant to have a poltergeist type issue going on and it was so nice to see it handled in such a direct way and explaining that you know no matter where you go when this is the type of occurrence that's happening it's going to follow you um, because usually those shows just go so over the top with with what it is. And that was such a great episode because it really was very, very obvious after they did a few very basic baseline tests. It was very obvious that the mother was going through some stuff and she was the one who was causing um, the, the things in the house because it only happened when she was home. It only happened in a certain room where there were a lot of unpleasant discussions going on and there were a lot of you know stressful situations and it was stemming from her so it's that's one of those cases where you know it's pretty easy to figure out if it's if you're having if it's you who's causing the the issue and it's easy enough if you're a witch you should be able to figure out how to stop that too absolutely yeah all right um so we are going to take a quick break um, we're going to listen to some music, give your give your mind some time to kind of gel. Um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about um, all kinds of interesting things because we have some interesting questions that we want to address before we end this episode and, and kind of start directing people towards the forum and, and uh, to the next episode. But um, yeah, so uh, just stay tuned and you're going to be back with Rowan Pendragon, um, who is a certified um, investigator. And our co-host. So, I mean, we get we, we really get the real deal here. Um, and, and we're going to be talking about some interesting, some very, very interesting things like shadow people. Um, and so I really want to talk about that stuff because, of course, I am a folklore snob and I am a superstition snob. And I love um, the stories that our superstitions tell. Um, and so I want to really talk about some of, this, some of that stuff. And it just... It's going to be awesome. So um, definitely stay tuned. Once again, you're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast here on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, And you've been listening to Devin Hunter and Rowan Pendragon. And uh, we'll be right back after this break. Yeah. 
Wer führt das scharfe Schwert, das meine Ketten schnitt? Sigurd, Sigmunds Sohn, sollst du mich nennen. Höre, Sigurd, wer wies dir den Weg durch Rauch und Feuer? Es sagten mir zwei Vögel im grünen Wald. Schön ist Brünhild, voller Sehnsucht erwartet sie dich. Liebevoll begegnete er der lieblichen Frau. Da wurde Asla, Siguts Tochter, gezeugt. Zwölf Ringe legte er ihr in den Schoß. Dies soll das Band unserer Liebe sein. Das war Sigurd, Sigmunds Sohn. Sieben Monate lang war er im Jungfrauengemach. Brünhild sprach, du wirst dich verjüngen. Dein Leben wird vorbei sein. Du wirst Gudrun besitzen. An mir wirst du keine Freude mehr haben. Das dünkt mich wundersam. Solches wird mir nicht widerfahren. Ich werde meine Liebe von dir, Brünhild, nicht abwenden. Sie folgte ihm eine lange Wegstrecke und wünschte ihm glückliche Reise. Fahr hin, begünstigt vom Glück. Alles möge dir wohl gelingen. Sigurd ritt fort, ganz ohne Gefahr. Da sah er ein böses Tier. Es schlug um sich mit den Klauen. Es spie Feuer und Gift. Da war sein Leben in Gefahr. Sigurd sitzt auf Granis Rücken. Er glaubt, den Weg nicht zu finden. Grani biss und schlug um sich. Er konnte den Weg nicht finden. Da musste Sigurd zu Yukis Hof reiten. Das böse Tier verschwand. Da sah er, wo Grimhild saß, geschmückt mit bunten Ländern. Draußen steht Grimhild mit so manchem Mann. Mit beiden Händen fiel sie ihm in den Zügel. Sigurd, halt inne mit deiner Fahrt. Ich habe eine schöne Tochter, die dir in Liebe zugetan sein möchte. Schön ist Gudrun, meine Tochter, wo auch immer sie hingeht. Rosen und Lilien leuchten von ihrem Kinn. Gudrun kam hervor in einem blauen Gewand. Ihr Haar ruhte auf ihren Schultern. Krimhild sprach zu ihrer Tochter, geh in den Keller und mische Miet und Wein. Mische Miet und Wein und füge auch das große Vergessen hinzu. All das große Vergessen
vergessen, fügte sie hinzu. So brachte sie ihm den Trunk und bat ihn, mit ihr zu trinken. Lange trank er aus dem Horn. Sigurd verlor alle Erinnerung und niemand vermochte ihn zu heilen. Steht in der Halle 
sie sah weit hinaus. Der berühmte Sigurd ritt an erster Stelle. Brünnhild sitzt in einem goldenen Stuhl und lässt Tränen auf beide Arme fließen. Sie reiten fort in den Wald, froh und ohne jede Sorge. Sie geben Sigurd gesalzene Speisen und dazu nichts zu trinken. Sie trinken aus ihrem Horn. Sigurds Horn blieb im Hause zurück. Sie trinken aus ihrem Horn. Sigurd gelüstet es zu trinken. Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. I'm your host, Devin Hunter, and of course, our lovely hostess, Rowan Pendragon, is with us. Um, so, about spirits and, and hauntings and paranormal stuff, we've, we've gotten some interesting questions, um, and we knew we would, of course. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> and we're inviting even more. So, once again, if you have a question um, about something we're talking about, please let us know and put it in the forum and get a modernwitchonline.com. Um, where, of course, you can also get horoscopes and all kinds of other cool stuff. But yeah, so um, some of the questions we, we got, pretty interesting stuff. Um, specifically, I'm, I like this one. This is from somebody on your Facebook. Um, and she says, can the ashes of a loved past one contain enough essence to be uh, used in tarot? My other half's mother passed away last year, and he has a small box with a small amount of her ashes and a bit of her hair. Um, for his daily tarot pool, he puts his deck with the box and meditates with the cards after they have been there for a while. We have had some recent events th that the cards have really picked up on and have shown us. Is it possible that it is her and she has been guiding his card pulls to communicate? The short answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. Um, and one of the things, too, especially with, with hair, um, and hair goes back old school, um, so much so that a lot of witches used to sew puppets um, using the strains of hair. Um, from people um, specifically um, because hair, it, it grows from you. You know, and so it mm, contains right. uh, it, it contains a lot, of, and we know that hair, even from a scientific standpoint, um, depending on how long it is, actually contains information about um, you know what your environment was, you know, were you right. around toxins, you know. I mean, so there's there's actually a lot of your essence um, that can go into your hair. So the hair alone um, absolutely could could affect that. Um, the ashes even more so. And a, a lot of people, you know, I know because Supernatural, if you ever watch Supernatural, there's all thing about like salting and burning the bones and it'll <laughs> dissipate. No, it doesn't dissipate those, any spiritual influence. Right. Um, yeah. So that's my two cents about that. 
Well, I think in that particular instance, there is certainly an there's essence of the person. Um, you know, his mother's essence is certainly there, but her essence is not guiding tarot readings. Um, she, if 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 she is there in spirit, then you know she would be guiding. But her essence is not necessarily going to guide anything because the essence itself is not intelligent. It doesn't have the ability to do that. It just it's just energy to draw on. So it wouldn't necessarily be that she is guiding the tarot readings. It's just that maybe there's a connection there. And the, another thing that to keep in mind too, especially when we're talking about those who pass on and how they're helping us now. And in a case like this, um, if, if the person was into tarot at the time, you know, or in their lifetime, or if they were particularly, you know, enamored with their, you know, with her son's work, you know, with tarot, or if she found it neat, you know, if he did readings for her, um, there's more of a chance that she would be there guiding on a spiritual level, um, than if she didn't give a crap about it, you know, it's, it's not as though when someone passes over, they change who they are, what they believed and what they were into. So if she, you know, if if someone passes away and we want to work with them, as an ancestor, um, if they weren't into the thing that we want them to help us with, you know, when they were alive, they're not going to be into it now that they're dead. So it's important to kind of keep that in mind too. I definitely think that there's going to be an aspect of her energy around him, you know, when he's asking for help in any regard, you know, it's, it's, you know, his mother, of course, she's going to lend some help to what degree it's going to matter. It's going to, you know, that's going to matter on a few different levels and with a few different things. So if she was into that whole scene and she was okay and like, you know, it's a difference between, you know, the mother who was like, you know, not into it, doesn't want to hear about it. Or the mother who was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You want to do a reading for me? You know, that's going to be different. But again, the ashes and the hair, certainly there's essence there. There's energy of her there, but it is not her spirit. It is not her. Mm -hmm. They are different. So, Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so absolutely. So um, and, uh, the next one is, is it possible due to severe emotional trauma or abuse for your energy through said event to haunt the place in which it happened, even though you have not yet passed on? Um, yes. The, absolutely. Um, that, that would be a residual haunting. That would be a resi- absolutely residual yeah. haunting. Um, you don't have to die for a residual haunting to happen, no. you know, so. And, and specifically, if this in this event because this is kind of a unique thing um if if it is a if you're still if you are still alive and that is the case then what you want to do is actually because you are alive and it is your energy um you actually can as a witch go back and take your energy back um you can take your life force and i would recommend it yeah Um, yeah you would want to do first a big cleansing Mm -hmm. of especially if the space is some if it's your own home or your own land or your own space or a place that you have to be um you would definitely want to do some kind of a cleansing i I would you know i this term is obviously not it's probably not the correct term but i would say like some sort of detachment work um because you want to make sure that you're taking yourself out of that situation and so that there's not still an attachment to what happened in a way so that you can still be in that space if you have to be if if not if this happened another another time of of your life in another space that you don't ever go to then you know whatever you can let it go but if it is somewhere that you still have to be around you kind of need to work with it um but you want to do um some cleansing work on yourself for the situation, sort of letting it all go. 
And then either you yourself, although it's more recommended that someone else does it for you, to do soul retrieval to get those pieces back. And when they come back, it, especially if someone else is doing it for you, when they bring those pieces back, they sort of bless them in the process so that they can be integrated back into your being and make you whole again, you know, and you, in some cases, some people, when they have soul retrieval work done, will kind of go back through kind of reliving some of the trauma of what happened to them. And that's just a, that's a, a consequence of soul retrieval, but it's a good consequence in the end because it does help release it at the same time. And then those pieces become part of you again. And then it's basically when they're implanted back into your, you know, your, your spirit matrix, so to speak, it's just asked that they not leave again, that they've now learned their lesson that, you know, for example, rape, rape is a good example because that happens. Um, this is a, a situation where soul retrieval gets done a lot. Um, when a woman, for example, gets raped, she often loses a big part of her of her soul in the process. And when that soul retrieval is done and those pieces are brought back, you know, there is still a little trauma attached to them often, but they're cleared, they're cleansed, the spirit is reunited and the spirit is, you know, told in the shamanic process mm -hmm. that, you know, it no longer needs to fear. The pieces are back. The pieces are whole again. You are whole again. You are healed. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a, it's a process, but it's definitely something that can happen. Um, you know, someone doesn't have to die for, you know, an imprint to happen. And an imprint happens whether people die or not. Right. You know, if the, if the event was strong enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, next one is about shadow people. And so the, basically the question is, you know, what about shadow people? Um, shadow people are, for everyone at home, um, when you are like watching TV and out of the corner of your eye, you see somebody walk right past you. Um, or if you are, you know, at any point in time and you see, you know, a shadowy figure walk past you or, um, things that get caught in your peripheral, the reason being, and this is actually something that goes to support ecstatic witchcraft, um, and the theory behind ecstatic witchcraft, uh, is that essentially once you, once your brain locks into a certain kind of way of being within the moment. So we're talking and not even even you don't even have to necessarily drop into alpha um but you know it's it's really just once you actually become focused on something that is challenging and engaging but isn't too challenging to the point where you know you don't feel like you're getting a reward um so like if you're watching a game show and you're playing um right along with pat sajak you know and you're <laughs> and those questions are answering yes you're engaged within that program and so what happens essentially is that because you're able to slip into a very specific way of thinking um, where you're actually engaged 100, well, about 99% into something, um, and you're being challenged, but not too much, blah, 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 blah. What happens is you end up freeing up a lot of extra mind space. It's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. And because you're freeing up a lot of extra mind space and you're not, and you really are focused on something else, it gives the parts of you that, that are receiving information time to um, kind of have off, essentially, so that they're not completely focused on that one thing. Um, so as a witch, what ends up happening is, you know, we, we end up using that um, very similar kind of mindset when we do our magic. Um, so we, we actually are actively 
turning that on and actively working with that. Um, now, but it happens all the time um, without us actively doing it. It kind of just happens because it's about our brain and how our brain is, is really within the moment and how it's engaging the environment and the space. So this, the, it is a spirit being. It is, a, it is something that you absolutely could say is there. Um, but because you're not aware of it in a much bigger sense, it's one of those things that I tend to call, um, for lack of a better terminology, it's kind of like spiritual bacteria. Okay, And not all bacteria is bad. Um, that's why I said when, when people clean their houses, they actually do cleansing work on their houses that you, know, you, you have to keep in mind that you have good bacteria with the bad bacteria. And so um, they oftentimes, you know, we, we could also call them, you know, depending because they're not all human spirits, you know, or human entities or anything that at one point was human. Um, you know, it can, they can be inhuman as well. And so we're talking, you know, things that uh, maybe are the, the spirits of place, the spirits that, um, you know, live within your own home, the spirits that live within your neighborhood or your geographical area, um, you know, malevolent, benevolent, it could be anything. And so what I tend to tell people in this specific instance is that if you're not aware of it in a grander sense, if it isn't really in, in interacting with you, if it's just enough that you catch it out of the corner of your eye and it freaked you out because you, you, you weren't expecting it, okay, you got spooked. And that's okay. That's okay. Because it's part of working with, you know, and being within all the worlds um, and being within a universe where all the worlds are crashing in on each other, you know? Um, so it's not something that you really need to be worried about. It, the, usually the things you need to be worried about make their presence known in a much, much bigger way. Um, even if you're, even if it's not smack dab right in front of you. Okay. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, and yeah. a lot of cultures have shadow people and, um, you know, most of them just call them fairies. Well, and from a paranormal standpoint, it, it's interesting because there's a lot of debate about whether or not shadow people even exist because they are often things that are seen in such a quick glance out of the corner of the eye that nobody really catches anything. You know, it's one of those instances where it's often experiential and there's no evidence that it happened. It's just, oh, I saw, did you see that? You know, and five people could have seen it, but that doesn't, it's not enough to prove that it happened. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, it is kind of, it is kind of a subjective thing. You know, if, if you are of the belief that spirits can be seen oftentimes spirits are are more likely to be seen in that way where it is sort of a quick out of the corner of your eye thing bear in mind and again this is where we get to talk about you know don't believe everything you see on tv <laughs> but for a spirit to move something because like now i remember way back one of my favorite tv shows in when i was really starting to learn about the paranormal in like 2004 2005 was the UK's lovely show, Most Haunted. And one of the reasons I love that show was because it was so over the top and clearly fake. And, um, but like, you know, because a spirit cannot on its own just pick up a chair and throw it across a room. Like, that, there is way too much energy that's required to make that happen. And, you know, so seeing a, a spirit really quick out of the corner of your eye as a shadow is much more likely to happen than see it, you know, manifest as like a free floating figure in front of you and but again there is it's it's very as far as in you know paranormal in paranormally speaking it is very debatable as to what a shadow person actually is what makes that phenomena happen it may could it could very well be a combination 
of you know a trick of the eye and a trick of the mind you know we absolutely. really don't don't yeah. know so yeah absolutely and and if you're like me um I have little. What do they call them? Um, they're basically calcium deposits in my eyes. So I have, have I have floaters, um, yeah. and so if you and I do yeah, too. And so you also. That's part of discernment, folks. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now before because we're running out of time, but there's one more I, I want to get to real quick, and it's it's uh, somebody actually saying that um, some suggestions on how to close down so nothing lower, nothing of like a lower energy vibe or nothing negative necessarily um, kind of stays on you. So. This is really handled in a couple of different ways. First of all, witches, come on now. Um, that's like Wicca 101, right? Even in Wicca, you know, it's disgusting right. and worked with. But to, to kind of clarify, um, you know, and one of the easiest ways to do, at least from a psychic standpoint, um, is to build a trigger. Okay, so you actually you actually do something in which it turns your energy body off or turns your ability to be receptive off. And most of the time, if there ain't a year for you know um whatever is trying to be said to actually be heard it'll go away um and so that generally works and so for me that's actually a hat i have a hat yeah it's so funny yeah lisa williams does the same thing yeah 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 Yeah, that's where i got the idea it's a hat um and it's it's just a trigger for me and it just says i'm done now my i'm off the clock yeah yeah. It's it's important to to remember that if you're actively going into a, a situation where you're anticipating being around spirits or communicating with spirits, you do not, under any circumstance, need to treat yourself like a giant open door letting anything come in and communicate with you. You know, put up a shield. You learn how to shield yourself and learn how to treat that shield like a mesh where you can filter what is okay and what is not. When you allow yourself to be a gigantic open channel, yes, anything can come to you and anything can work through you and anything can, you know, screw up your day. But if you know how to properly shield and channel and work with that energy, then dealing with things like, you know, quote, lower energies, malevolent spirits, whatever you want to call it, is not so much an issue. Because, you know, the properly prepared psychic, medium, witch, whatever, is going to very rarely have those instances. And it's not that they're, you know, not picking up on them. It's that they know how to say, look, you're not welcome and I don't want to communicate with you. And so you go away and I'm open to other things. So you need to know how to go into the situation prepared. It's better. It's the way I look at trying, you know, put it is that it's better to go into a situation where you're not going to have to worry about that later in, in, in the first place. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that you're prepared so that you don't have to worry about how to detach yourself or keep those things from following you when you leave. So, right. Yep. That's important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, just making sure that you are taking care of your energy body folks. Um, that, which means take a shower, you know, take, take an yeah. actual spiritual shower, you know, one. and take an actual shower, um, because it brings you back into your body. It forces you to, to be, you know, in reality. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're someone who works from that point of view as, as a witch, you're doing these things after you've spent time, whether it's in an investigation or just on your own dealing with any kind of spirits and, and energies, and you feel that something of a lower vibration has somehow followed you or attached to you, doing cleansing work, whether it's smudging or taking a, a an intention 
the being the big word, intentioned shower to cleanse yourself, that will usually do the trick. Again, and we'll talk about this in the next episode, belief is a huge, huge, huge factor in this. If you believe that negative or lower energies have attached themselves to you during something that you have done, then you have lower and negative energies attached to you. If you believe it, you attract it, and it becomes part of your of your environment. So you need to, if you believe that you've done that, then you need to believe that through a spiritual bath, a spiritual shower, or smudging that you will remove it. Just as much as you believe that you drew it and attached it to you, you need to believe that you can remove right. it. Yeah, I, I, pe- I always tell people that a belief system is just a giant invocation. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Um, of course, once again, check out modernwitchonline.com. That is our awesome website um, with all kinds of good stuff, and there will be continued good stuff um, going up there as well. Um, and you're listening to the Pagan Radio Network, which again is listener supported. So you know, hello, support um, if you can. And of course, you can check out Rowan on RowanPendragon.com. Um, and now Rowan, there is a new album that just came out from a, an awesome group, um, that is very popular in paganism, Unto Ashes. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I love Unto Ashes. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah, I was so excited to see they had, um, a new album that came out just this week called, um, Burials Foretold. And uh, they often do covers on their albums. And so there's a couple covers on this, um, on this album uh, they do a cover of a very good and interesting cover of Van Halen's Running with the Devil. Um, but what we're actually going to play as our closeout for this week as a cover um, of a song called Kathy's Song, which is by another band that I love called Apoptigma Berserk. And if you know the original Apoptigma Berserk song, um, or if you don't, go find it online. But it's this is such a beautiful version of that song. I was ab- like absolutely like, oh, so excited for this album when I heard the sample of this song when it was announced. So we're going to close with Kathy's song covered by Unto Ashes. Mm-hmm. 